I was always a guy within basketball that always like would help people figure out like you know what I mean like just little things, you know what I mean? Just figure out, trying to push people's dreams to go further, you know what I mean? So, like. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome to the Halal Hustle, where we talk about halal business, halal entrepreneurship, and share stories about halal hustlers who are striving towards their place with Allah in the hereafter by taking the means in this dunya. Inshallah, on this episode, I share with you an interview that I had with a halal baller, a halal shot caller. This brother right here plays ball at a very high level while maintaining his studies and pursuing his goals. MashaAllah, this brother, he's someone that I grew up with, always going to be close, family ties, all that, and a bag of chips, alhamdulillah. In this interview, we go through his story. How he came up in the game of basketball as a Muslim and how he's had to maintain himself as a student while pursuing this sport. Additionally, we go through the state of affairs with regards to North American basketball and how although there's so many Muslim ballers, you know, so many uh, Hooper hopefuls, everyone wants to make it to the NBA or in any sport, play professionally. But what's the process? We talk about that a little bit and we also talk about, inshallah, what he's going to do next. What happens after he finishes his athletic career? What's the next step? This is a dope interview and alhamdulillah, I think it's really relevant. I hope it's relevant to you and I know for myself, I was a hopeful. You know, I played ball and alhamdulillah, it, was, it taught me discipline. I benefited from it athletically. And mentally, it was a great relief for, for me. And I love it to this day. I'm always going to be a big fan of sports and competition in general. Inshallah, I'm a big fan of this brother. Always going to be a big fan of this brother. And by the end of it, you might be too. Without further ado, Bismillah, here's the interview. Assalamu alaikum, man, my brother, man, from way back childhood. Welcome to the Halal Hustle, man. Thanks for coming on. Good to hear from you again, man. Alhamdulillah, man. It's been a minute. Sure. All right, so you're coming on in order to talk about what it's like to be a student athlete, what it's like to you know, be in the dream life, the sports game. Yeah. How did you get into it? Let's start. Let's go way back. How did you start playing basketball? Playing basketball, uh, start from young, honestly, just, just watch, watching the game, you know, I mean, just remember from when I used to live in America, I used to see, you know, Kobe Bryant on the Lakers, that was my favorite team at the Lakers, oh, my, for just, you know, just, just in a while, so like, just in a huge wow kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, Black Mamba, he was real. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, I saw that, and then, you know, as a kid, just just playing around here and there, and then eventually you just started getting more competitive where when it was like towards, I started, like when I started playing competitive, it was like grade nine, like really competitive, you know, like playing high school basketball in a club. Yeah, yeah. And from there, it just, just, just took off. Alhamdulillah. All right. So I, like me and you, we grew up and Alhamdulillah for a short period of time, yo, we were yeah. around the same size. Like yeah. you weren't that much taller than me. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but Alhamdulillah, you know, you grew up. I yeah. I grew slower. <laughs> <laughs> and what was it like 
Was it the growth spurt? Was it the fact that you were, you know, kind of towering over a lot of brothers out here that made you believe that, you know, you could play at a higher level? Yeah, for sure. Definitely height played a, played a factor into it. And I mean, like, obviously, that's a big advantage in the game, right? Yeah, yeah. Height so, you know, everyone's always saying, just play basketball, play basketball. You have the height first. So, I just, I just ran with it. Alhamdulillah. So, when, when was that? Was that around grade nine as well? Yeah, because that's when I was like, I was, I was starting to get too tall. Like I think I was like six feet in grade nine. Okay. Six one. Okay, alhamdulillah. And then you said you started in grade nine. You started playing like club and team. What yeah. was the? Which one came first? Was it like you started playing club or you tried out for the school team? School team, yeah. School team. Okay. And then yeah. how did it? How did it work? How did you get to into club basketball? Well, club basketball just because uh. My teammates at high school that they play club and they just told me to kind of just come play with me, play with us, you kind of thing, you know what I mean? And I just ended up playing with them. Oh, okay. Alhamdulillah, man. That's that, that's actually dope. Because yeah. the thing that I've been wondering and because I was like coaching, you know, like youth and was yeah. always the value of club ball. And I know now the value, but could you speak to it? What did you get from playing it? Um, a big, a big thing is definitely uh, the discipline aspect of this. Like you're, you're playing club which is on top of being in school which means you have practice during the week and which means you'll have some weekends where you have to go away right so it's yeah, all about yeah. bounce kind of started from an early age mm-hmm. and having that discipline to be able to balance both your, your like academics and your sport okay alhamdulillah alhamdulillah and then did you ever get the opportunity to uh to play like at a provincial level or i guess like U- u.s listeners you know state and uh, or like on a national kind of thing, like stage. Uh no, I, honestly, I never, I never really got that far. I never really played at that high of a level. Yeah. But I got the opportunity to play with a lot of players that that have got to that level or play against the players. So it was interesting to do that. Man, for real, I know uh, it was always an opportunity. Like, and I loved it, and I got like real competitive when yeah. I would get the chance to play with anyone who was playing, like, who played for the provincial team or high school, just, yeah. like, pickup runs or even, like, uni ball. Yeah. And I was like, oh, all right, I'm going to measure myself right now to this guy. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> you know, but um, I know, like, I've seen the debate where some people say that it's uh, it's really expensive and it's a cool yeah. opportunity, but it's more like uh, it's not the highest level of competition. Yeah. They were saying, like, you know, club ball, depending on what club and what tournaments you go to, it's good. Mm-hmm. That's when you're going to get a lot of exposure. Like, they say, you know, like, there are tournaments in, like, Las Vegas or, you know, certain parts of the States and even in Canada yeah. where it's intense. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. No, that's – especially, like, when you got to – that was kind of the wave that you from – especially being from Canada, go, going to – getting to America, go to high school there because – Program basketball is getting is was big there at when I was in high school, right? And of course now it's getting being bigger in Canada because of all the Canadians we have now. But yeah, you're right. Like that was a wave. Like you gotta go, go to the states, go to t- terms in Las Vegas, go to terms in the states, just get more more exposure. Man, for real, it's crazy right now in the NBA. We got we got Andrew Wiggins, Jamal Murray, now R.J. Barrett's coming up. It's yeah. wild. Canadians are they're coming up. Yeah, Toronto, all of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. Your prospects are good for you then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right, man. So you played in high school, and this is where I think there's a huge gap in uh, you know understanding of like what the process is like. But you played in high school. How is it that you go to take it to the next level, right? Which is like you know playing in college and like post secondary and stuff. Um. Well, 
honestly, it's just about having. There's two things to go about it. You know, being a player that can like get recruited, where like you're not really having to do really too much work. Yeah. Where like, your coach helps you in getting to the schools, or being a player that reaches out to coaches to ask to play for their team. Okay. Yeah. So I was that type of player. Like I coming out of high school, I got recruited by a couple of schools. But then I took time off after high school, so I didn't do anything after high school, after I graduated, basically. Yeah, yeah. And then, then that's when I reached out to schools because I was kind of out of the loop. Mm-hmm. So I reached out to schools and I reached out to a team, and then eventually I uh, played for the team. Okay, alhamdulillah. And then within that process of, like, reaching out to the teams and stuff, there's actual, like, uh, like varsity charts, right? Yeah. I think that's the thing that uh, at least it surprised me. Cause you know my hoop dreams they died pretty early on, but yeah. I when I was at uh, you know college and university I would go and I would see that there'd be walk-ons that would come on and I still had yeah. a whole bunch of friends that were ballers, so they'd tell me their like you know their stories. Is that real? Mm-hmm. Like how often does someone yeah. come to tryouts and they make the team? No, that's definitely real. Like I've it happened with my team, a couple guys that that, that tried out and walked on. A lot, a lot of other teams I know of would walk on and try and come on like. There's always an opportunity because when you're recruiting as a coach, like you don't have sometimes you don't have your full team, or like, there might be that one guy that you can use from tryouts that'll help your, you know, build your team. That missing piece you're missing, or, or maybe it's a project player that for the next year he'll, he, you can use him. So there's always an opportunity for Watkins to be on the team. Ah, uh, okay, that's fair. So I'm I'm curious, right? Like I again, I said I know you know some like ball players and stuff, but <coughs> describe a day in your life. You know, as a, as a student athlete in in post secondary, what's that like for you? Uh, well, you got your you got your early morning classes, yeah. your eight thirty a.m.s, and you got class throughout the day, and then you have either practice late at night, or you got a basically a, a lift early in the day. So, but you basically have practice from Monday to Friday almost, and then games on weekends. So it's yeah, it's nonstop. That's real. And, you know, just piggybacking yeah. the whole discussion in the States about the NCAA, you ain't getting paid, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Nah. It's tough, subhanAllah. Yeah. yeah. It's hard. It's hard for sure because you got you to gotta wake up in the morning for class. You got to go to practice at maybe five, like 7 to 9 maybe at night or 5 to 7 at night. And then you got to wake up next morning for class. So it's like... It's draining on the body and it's draining mentally, right? But you just that's just a different mindset of being a student athlete, I guess you have to have. No, nah, for sure, for sure. Is like do you get some uh at least some understanding from your teachers and stuff? Oh yeah, for like you get a little a little leeway but not like not too nothing too crazy. Like obviously they're not gonna put you on a pedestal just because you're an athlete, but they 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 understand like for example, like if you have to leave on a Friday for a game and you have class on a Friday they'll 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 understand. They'll give you. They'll give you some leeway there, but nothing like missing class next morning because you have practice the previous night. Nothing like that. But for the most part, yeah, understanding for like things that are significant, like a game. Yeah, yeah. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. All right. So I gotta ask. Like, so where you at? Because if I'm not mistaken, it's there's a limit to how much you could play as a student athlete. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a certain amount of years that you could play on, on a team, or yeah, five five years. years, okay. Where are you at on that? It's my fourth okay, year okay. So, have you thought about like, all right, what's the exit now? What's what's gonna happen next, inshallah? 
yeah, this is yeah, this is this is my last year. I'm done. Even though I have another year left to play, I'm done because I'm done school. So I want to move on to the next chapter. Alhamdulillah. Man. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. Definitely. And so, could you uh, could you speak on that? Like, uh, what is it that's the next step for you, the next chapter? Inshallah. Inshallah. So, the next chapter for me uh, is honestly, you know, get finish my school like with because right now I'm in college, so finish get, finish my degree. Inshallah. And then, and so I can uh, basically my goal is Inshallah is to be uh, an NBA agent slash keeper hey, agent. Hey. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? So, be the next Rich Paul. Hey. <laughs> Clutch Sports. Clutch yeah, Sports. Yo, Clutch for those sports, of you man, who are listening that don't know who Rich Paul is, he's the agent of the LeBron James, you know, orchestrating the Anthony to LA trade and whatnot. Yep, yep. Hope it happens. <laughs> we, need, we need AD to LA, man. <laughs> They're looking sorry without him right now. <laughs> Yeah, looking very. Uh, but sorry. yo, I'm I'm a Lonzo fan. I'm a Lonzo fan, so I think I think he's a big factor yeah. in that. Don't trade him. Trust me. Don't trade him. Cannot trade him. For real, him. for real. But I don't know. It's gonna be hard though. <laughs> inshallah, inshallah. So have you have you looked into it? So what it what is it? At least particularly, what's the process to becoming Rich Paul or something like that? Well, to be an agent, you basically uh, well, you need a degree now. For the NBA, you need a degree. FIBA, you don't okay. need a degree. I'm pretty sure, but the MBA you need a degree because you need to be able to write an exam. Okay. And once you read the exam, then you're certified, quote unquote, MBA agent. Okay. And then you have to, I think, a certain amount of like you get a time frame where you have to have a representing a player. And the, for FIBA, it's there's an exam as well, but you don't need a degree. Okay. Yeah, so that's basically where, where I'm at. So right now, I'm trying to get the degree, then write the exam, and then start like you know the recruitment what process. do you mean by uh like there's a time frame so you have to get a player that you're representing in a certain time frame yeah like yeah yeah exactly so like you, if you're let's say your agent for like you could be the examiner nba certified agent within the within a year i think you're pretty sure you're supposed to get a player um if you're an agent you complete the exam after a year because you need a lunar license yeah, yeah. You know what i mean licensing so you need to be having a player within after the year, sorry. Okay, inshallah, inshallah. Yeah. And, you know, like, to that point, you already have, alhamdulillah, you already have, like, a bit of a network in place that would help with that, right? Yeah, yeah, like, uh, well, just it's just being, under, like, knowing, like, younger kids that are, like, you know, that play either D1 or, or Canadian University. Yeah, yeah. Just knowing that kid, they either want to go, depending on where, like, you know, how, how talented of the player they are, like, they want to take the Europe route. Or there's some that might want to take the G League route, or there might be some that want to actually try the NBA right. route. So that's all that. Okay, inshallah. So I'm just trying to, you know, like get a full picture here. When you're an agent of a player, right? Yeah. How how much do you actually have to move uh, with them? So like, let's say if they go to Europe, are you to Europe too? Yeah. Is that what is that what goes down? You can work wherever you're working for. Like, obviously, if you, depending on, like, where you're situated, like, obviously, you want to be working out of there. But, like, of course, you wanna, you're going to go to Europe just to see how they're doing. Trips just to go where they're at. But you don't have to move all over up there. Alhamdulillah, the that's blessed. Yeah. So work, work kind of wherever you're based out. Right, right, right. Okay. All right. Alhamdulillah. So I know I, I, I know the name, but what, what do people need to be watching out for? What's the name of, you know, because Rich Paul has clutch sports. What yeah. what do you got? 
<laughs> my agency, inshallah. Risk it all, man. You got to risk it all. There's no chances. You're 100% right. You got to risk it all to get to the top. That's dope, man. That's dope. Inshallah. All right, man. I, I don't want to keep you for too long. You already uh, dropped yeah. some gems. I learned a lot, alhamdulillah. But why? Yeah. Why? I, I got to know. Why did you choose this hustle? Why are you pursuing this? Okay, so like, you know, my, my passion mm -hmm. is basketball. And of course, yeah, we all have childhood dreams. And that pe people that play the game make the NBA and all this stuff. But like, I was always a guy within basketball that always like would help people figure out, like, you know what I mean? Like, just little things, you know what I mean? Just figure out, trying to push mm -hmm. people's dreams to go further, you know what I mean? So like, I feel like this is, a, this is a way where I can still be a part of the game and, and push people to actually achieve what they want to achieve. Alhamdulillah, man. That's dope. That's dope. I think it's, uh, that's great. Like, looking at it, because I don't know any Muslim uh, agents, and I'm sure there are, yeah. but, you know, it's, it's, there's a whole bunch of Muslim top athletes. Yeah. Not a lot of, uh, you know, agents or people that are looking out for them and dealing with them in, like, yeah. a halal way. So, yeah. for sure, that, that'd be blessed, man. Inshallah, I know, you know, me and you, because of our relationship, we're going to be doing some stuff yeah. in the future, inshallah. 100%. Allah, man. That's dope. All right, last question I got to ask you. You know, we no talked problem. about the hustle that everyone knows, but I want to know, you yeah. know, for everyone that's listening, regardless of what hustle you do, there's always a hidden hustle. Yeah. As we're Muslims, there's always yeah. something that we're working on improving on ourselves for the sake yes. of Allah. Could you share uh, yeah. what, what's your hidden hustle? My hidden halal hustle is, uh, you know, no matter from the, from the time I wake up to the time I go to bed, is always remembering Allah. You know, me always remembering um, you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you know what I mean? No, no, whatever chance mm -hmm. I have, if it's not, if it's dhikr, you know, making dhikr, if it's, uh, looking outside and seeing the trees and say, wow, like, look what, look, look what Allah mm -hmm. created. It's always remembering, no matter what I do, you know what I mean? If I, if I make a mistake, you know, uh, make a, make a, uh, commit, I mean, uh, make yeah. a toba, you know what I'm saying? For Allah, you know what I mean? Always, always remembering, you know what I mean? Just always remembering Allah. That's, that's the thing my head Alhamdulillah. Is. Alhamdulillah, man. I need to improve on that myself. Alhamdulillah, inshallah. Me too. I got to improve that as well. Inshallah. Inshallah, for sure. All right, man. Uh, with that being said, you know, I'd love to have you back on. And uh, I'll be honest. Sure, I'm going to get you back on. Like, this is not a question. Okay. <laughs> uh, Keep yeah, going, for man. sure, for sure. And... Uh, you know, inshallah, we're gonna we're gonna be working together behind the scenes. But jazakallah khair. I really appreciate appreciate you coming yeah, on. Man. No problem. Anytime, man. The halal hustle. Let's get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Assalamu alaikum. Waalaikumsalam, man. Alhamdulillah. So there you have it. An interview with a college ball player and a future sports agent. Inshallah. Alhamdulillah, it was dope. You know, he's really tight on time, so we couldn't go into as much depth as I wanted, but. Alhamdulillah, you know, he'll be back in the future. But I did want to highlight a few key points, uh, you know, from, from talking to him and uh, the takeaways for your hustle. The first one is you got to balance multiple hustles. You know, it's getting rarer and rarer in this day and age for you to do just one thing and for that one thing to work for the rest of your life. Most of the times you have to balance a plethora of things, you know, like you got to juggle a bunch of stuff at the same time just like how he had to do from a young age playing ball and being a student and studying and stuff the second point to highlight is that you always benefit by starting early 
the earlier you start, the better off you are. And it's just been proven in life. You look at athletes when they actually do get signed, if they get signed, it's a big gamble, but they get pretty good contracts to do something that they love. Likewise, Bill Gates, who, you know, he started programming and built his first computer game around like maybe 10, 11 years old. When he started Microsoft in his mid 20s, payouts have been great for him. And so it's just a testament to when you start early, things go well. If you haven't started yet, well, it's not too late. That's never the case. As as soon as you start, you're always starting early, right? You're starting as early as possible for your current situation. And the last point is planning long-term. And the only way you can really plan long-term is by doing what you love. The reason why basketball players or football American or worldwide football, um, whatever sport it is, the reason why athletes can do it and practice it and commit to it is because they love it for the most part. It's hard for a five-year-old kid or an eight-year-old kid to continuously practice their jump shot in basketball when they hate basketball. It's just not going to happen. Likewise, anything that you do or anything that you see a child be very successful in they're usually really passionate about it. And so for them, the passion leads to them planning to do it long term. And that's what we have to do with our hustles is that we have to try and leverage what's pa- what we are passionate about in order to help us plan long term. Because when you're passionate about something, you could see yourself doing it long term in the future. So always want to make it relative. Here's my example. So I'm going to work backwards. One, the thing that I'm passionate about is I want to help Muslims. I I see a lot of problems in the Muslim community and I see a lot of problems with, you know, within our ummah. And I don't want to be someone that just complains. I want to be someone that tries to create positive solutions that are acceptable and don't conflict with anything and are just good all around. Inshallah, that's my hope. That being said, where's the money in that? How can I live off of that? I don't really know. But I do know I have a passion to try and help and make things better. And I want to be the best person that I could be uh, within the, you know, the framework of what Allah and Islam has have, have deemed, you know, to be the best. So my long term goal is to provide means and tools and resources that help Muslims do positive things, regardless of their circumstances or where they're coming from. That's my passion and that's my long-term goal. But I didn't really start off early. The nice route would have been that I started studying Dean early. I, you know, studied at Islamic universities and stuff and gained knowledge as well as a variety of skill sets. And I'm able to do a whole bunch of, you know, positive stuff. But Alhamdulillah, I'm starting now. And it's early for me because it's now, right? If I started it two years later... That would have been late compared to right now. So right now it's early, alhamdulillah. Finally, you know, I'm balancing a whole bunch of hustles. This isn't my only thing that I'm doing. And uh, I started this because I want to do this long term. But I'm also doing web development. I'm also, you know, doing whatever else I can in terms of taking the means and providing for myself and, and my family. There's lots of things that I want to do. 
and there's lots of things that I'm passionate about, but you know, you don't just get to start off doing them. That's, that's a luxury for the rich. That's a luxury for those that have been blessed with a lot. And Alhamdulillah, I've been blessed with a whole bunch. It's just that, you know, I'm still not at the point where I've been blessed and am able to do one thing that I'm super passionate about and not have to worry about anything else. Inshallah, maybe I'll get there one day. Maybe I won't. But for now, I want to keep doing what I love doing. And so I'm going to juggle a whole bunch of things to, you know, enable myself or put me in a position to be able to do that. So just like the brother is doing something that's really interesting and not many Muslims do, it's not a normal thing. I'm sure there's a whole bunch of projects and ideas and things out there that you could do as well. I'm working on my thing. Inshallah, I'm sure you could work on yours. And just one kind of cool point to uh, leave with is that there's two kinds of creativity. One is a boundless one where there's no limitations and you could think of whatever it is that you want. The limitations are only those constructed in your mind. The other one is the one that's the most practical and I love it. And that's creativity within limitations, creativity within boundaries. You know, you're given a certain amount of sticks, build a house. That's the situation that we're in. Alhamdulillah, the limitations and the boundaries are, you know, what Allah has legislated to be okay and what's not okay. But the creativity then falls in, well, what can you do within that? Turkey bacon. That's dope. Alhamdulillah. Halal. I'm not a big fan of bacon, but it's cool that I got to try it because of turkey bacon, I guess. But that's the idea. So, inshallah, find your turkey bacon. I'm trying to find mine and learn how to cook it and all of that. Inshallah, this episode and this interview, like all others, was a benefit and not a harm. That's the hope. Uh, for any concerns, you could email us at info at thehalalhustle.com. And for more information, you could check out the show notes for this episode at thehalalhustle.com. If you want to message us, follow us, or, you know, see our updates, be sure to check out our Twitter and Instagram using the handle at underscore the halal hustle. It's been a pleasure. Alhamdulillah. I'm thankful and uh, I'm really appreciative of all the support that we've been getting. And stay tuned. We got some interesting stuff coming and uh, for sure we will continue to strive to make it beneficial and helpful and relative. Until next time. Jazakallah khair. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.